And then, it was time for FOMO listeners to drown in the sweet sorrow or pleasant melodies of live music. Welcome to another episode of the Fear of Missing Out podcast, a show where we talk to superfans about popular niche things and ask them what they like about them and where you, the newcomer, can get started. So sit back, relax, or get ready to mosh as we talk about all things live music, both on stage and off stage as a fan and as a performer. You should see him live in much better live. All right, lovely guests, would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sarah Hubbard. I am a violinist by trade. Um, I guess also thereminist now too. <laughs> I work with I work with a handful of different bands. Probably, like most notably, I work with the Flowbots, um, and they're a hip hop band out of Denver. And I tour, and I perform, and I record, and that is my shtick. <laughs> All right. Well, happy to have you on the show. Um... And obviously, uh, when we were sort of linking up to try to do this podcast, another one of the things you wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, to be topical uh, with everything sort of looking like it's going to be opening up with vaccines rolling out and the things like that. Obviously, one of the ways people are who are kind of dying to connect with other people again um, is to uh, connect through music. And whether it's just like vibing at home solo or being the wallflower at a venue or moshing it with your fellow musician lovers, you know, at a safe distance, um, people are kind of looking to sort of eager to get out and do things. So obviously our friendship, too, is uh, one that started with our love of music, um, me uh, specifically being really partial to uh, any um, mutilation of violence featuring prominently in any work. And I happen to be at a Flowbots concert in uh, Fort Collins and that was history from there. So I wanted to yeah. throw it to you and uh, maybe ask a bit of a basic question, but um, what kind of got you into music? Like, what was your what was your uh, origin story when it comes to music? Ooh, okay, that's a good question. Um, I grew up in a household where neither of my parents are musicians, but they do really lo- really love music, and specifically, they loved the violin. So. Um, we were listening to so much, a lot of Celtic music, actually. Um, my mom was super into Celtic fiddle, uh, Scottish and Irish fiddle. So I, I grew up listening to just all of this really rich, um, folk music. And from there, I think I was just like, wow, the violin is the coolest instrument and I have to learn it. And I think it can do anything. And it kind of grew out of that. I was probably around eight when I started and got into, um, I got into all the different genres. Uh, I did a lot of the sort of folk and American roots music, like Celtic, uh, Irish music, bluegrass. Um, uh, and I, I got into klezmer music and I got into, and I think the thing that really changed my life was getting into jazz. And that's when I started to realize, wow, the violin maybe could be in like pop music and rock and hip hop and all of these different genres. So that was sort of my, I guess my musical uh, upbringing was just all over the place, like so many different genres. And then of course, classical music, which you kind of, I feel like it's sort of hard to, especially at least now, come up as a violinist um, in the States and not have like a Western European classical training. So like for better or for worse, there are things I appreciate about having that training and things that I'm like, oh, you know, there are, there are worlds beyond that. But anyways, Mm. that's, that's a ramble. (laughs) Okay. And so I wanted to tackle this kind of in a twofold from both a performer's perspective and an um, sort of like a concert goer's perspective. So we're going to try to tackle that both in this podcast here. So um, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned that you are a part of a, such bands like, a, as we mentioned, the Flowbots. So uh, what's kind of the Flowbots kind of music for people who are unaware of uh, who the Flowbots are? 
Oh, cool. Uh, the Flowbots, you know, Stefan, um, his stage name is Br'er Rabbit, but Stefan, I've heard him describe it as Rage Against the Machine Light, which I think is actually kind of apt. Um, it's it's not exactly um, not exactly like a rap rock, but it's I, like, you know, hip hop rap with a live band. There's definitely a rock edge to it. Um, and and there's a focus on these kind of organic sounds. It's not just tracks. There's also, um, traditionally it was a viola. I play a five string violin now. Um, and, and you just have a really big kind of wall of sound. And then of course the lyrical content, um, a real, um, social justice slam, which is really, really cool. And, uh, hmm. and they do, you know, all the work to back that up too, which is awesome. Mm-mm. And so, um, obviously, um, when it comes to performing, uh, especially that kind of music live, um, when it's, um, the kind of like the Rage Against the Machine light, uh, as you mentioned, and it's, uh, got like a lot of like elements going into it when it comes to its uh, subject matter and when it comes to like the musical composition that goes into it. Uh, so the live performances, as I can attest to, are just, um, it's i was gonna say a sight to behold but obviously that wouldn't be the right metaphor for that um it's a sound to behold really so uh when it comes to the musical sort of end of it though um what was um i guess like i guess to go a little bit further back what was kind of like your first live musical performance experience like were there any kind of like nerves to go into that or like any like things that um as a performer you try to like i don't know have like to look out for for those kinds of performances Oh, there's always nerves. I think, I don't know if that ever goes away. <laughs> um, I, I started performing when I was pretty, pretty young. Um, I, I was, you know, not in such high stakes, you know, situations um, as I do now touring with the Flowbots, but um, I got uh, comfortable at least on stage at a pretty young age. Um, but I, I actually remember my first kind of official Flowbots gig. It was in Wichita in... 2016 wow it's five years ago and um yeah in Kansas and I I was really nervous I had learned that music pretty quickly I got like the turnaround between when I got the call to do the tour and when we went out was pretty fast so I had learned two hours of music in a short amount of time and it was it was a good amount of stuff to to be working on to learn and um so I kind of walked out I was like okay I'm nervous and the thing that really made me feel at home on stage was uh, they have such a dedicated fan base and they have such a present fan base. Um, and this is something, you know, as concert goers, we can kind of like understand that feeling of when you're really there to see the artists that you're, that you're there to see when you're really present for them and you're really enjoying it. Um, and you're showing that kind of love and you're showing that support that it's just like, it goes both ways, right? Like the artist wants you to feel really, really good and feel safe and at home and, and enjoy their music and you make them feel really really good by by being there being there and being supportive and um and so that was what kind of like made that initial uh performance with them feel like oh wow I feel like I'm at home with these guys I feel I'm at home with their fans this and I've only this is only my first show and and that was really special mm-hmm. and so uh, you mentioned uh, the word gig and so um come me with my um journalist kind of background I kind of assume that being like a musical performer is like that too different from like a freelance journalism kind of a shtick where um 
while the latter half is kind of less obviously rock star in uh, many obvious ways. Uh, the two are kind of similar when it comes to sort of like trying to book and land a job opportunities and hopefully sort of landing ones that are like both financially and creatively stable. So uh, in your experience, uh, what are some of the things that um, musicians sort of have to be steadfast when it comes to looking and trying to get booked or staying safe and touring? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, we, I think all musicians take gigs that uh, at some point in their life that are not, um, you know, like you said, either creatively or financially fulfilling. You know, it's a gig, it's, it, or, you know, it might be something that is financially fulfilling, but is doesn't feel so creatively awesome, is a little unrewarding. Um, but I think that what you said about saying staying safe is very important. Um, and, and actually, there's a good you know, kind of like a pivot into pandemic stuff where I was getting a lot of calls last year during the early phases of the pandemic when things were shutting down about possible gigs. And uh, and, and one of my biggest concerns, and I know this was a big concern of like the Flowbots and a lot of people I work with was how do we stay safe? Um, and, I, and I should say these calls weren't these were just coming from other people, not the flowbots. The flowbots were really, really careful about what we did. If we did anything, it was outdoors. It was, you know, we made a, a real conscious effort to keep things distanced um, and keep our keep our audiences safe because we're we're not. I think the thing to remember is that you know, as as performers, like we're not really a whole lot without um, our audiences, so we need to take care of them too. Um, so it kind of goes, it goes both ways, but also that's, that also includes taking care of ourselves. And so I, I guess like, you know, with booking gigs, I now think there's a triangle. Um, and I can't remember who told me this, but this is, there's like three points on this triangle and you can pick, make sure you have at least two. And then the third one, you know, even better if you have that. And the first one is, is it a good, is it a good hang? Is it a good vibe? Um, are the people you're working with cool people to work with? Uh, the second point being, is it a financially lucrative gig or, you know, just financially rewarding in that way? And then the third one is, is the music good? So it's sort of like you have your your creative, artistically fulfilling point. You have your sustaining, materially sustaining point, your financial stuff. And then you have the, the one that's like, do these people make you want to work with them? Um, and so now I try not to take any gigs that don't at least fulfill two of those. Uh, and and usually they're all three. Um, but, but these days with the pandemic, it's kind of like, you know, things have definitely shifted into more remote stuff, more recording, more, um, light, like there's, we've done a little live streaming, which has been cool, but yeah, when we can get back to, when we can get back to performing, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of like full three point pyramid triangle. I don't know what you'd call it, (laughs) but yeah, the full triangle of, uh, of gigs. Mm. And uh, obviously the elephant in the room, or I guess the Discord call, would be um, how artists have sort of um, been doing during the pandemic. And so uh, you mentioned that um, you, uh, with the Flowbots and like and other um, sort of musicians, are trying to make sure that um, they're staying safe and the audiences are feeling safe. So I wanted to ask you, because um, I remember I wrote a piece, I think... Um, or like it was like the onset ish of the pandemic where um this artist named Grimecraft like took a really kind of creative like way to like still do music in a way where he was doing like Animal Crossing like concerts that he was like also t- uh, streaming on Twitch and things like that. So I wanted to ask mm. you like what um like how has like music sort of performances kind of changed for you like when it comes to like the setup or when it comes to like uh, just ways to make sure that the audiences can uh, stay safe while listening to the music and you guys can feel safe as well. Yeah, it's so different. I mean, obviously the the big 
one is that we're just not doing that many gigs anymore. Um, you know, I had a, a summer of, I think I had like almost 80 dates, you know, from, um, of, of gigs that were planned from like late April, early May through late September, early October, uh, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good gig calendar. And, uh, they almost all vanished last summer, right? When the pandemic set in, um, and over time, you know, there were a couple that we were able to keep on the calendar or add, um, with, with, you know, being able to do things outdoors, but, um, the big things, and, and the big things that were like, okay, I won't take this gig unless it's outdoors or unless I know that, you know, there's this, this, and this, um, available for, for people who are there. So, um, what we, a lot of the, well, some of the things we were doing, we were, we were doing everything outdoors. That was kind of like a no brainer, um, which was in a way having the pandemic start in spring. It helped because you could be outdoors during summer. Uh, the weather's nice, you know, I mean, we just got like nine inches of snow here in Colorado and it's snowing again. So, um, you know, wishful thinking, it would be nice to start now, but we kind of had to wait until about June. And then we had, um, uh, a lot of measures, some of the groups I worked with, they, they were able to get concerts for um, retirement communities. I mean, these are these were a lot smaller and they were on a kind of maybe more of a private scale. But um, these communities, one, one person I worked with in particular had a really cool model where they would put us on the flatbed of a truck and um, like a, or like a big tractor sort of trailer bed. Um, and we would just drive around a neighborhood and um, and play for people in these kind of hubs where they, there was like a retirement community and you'd just like go out and play for them and they would like be able to just sit on their front porch, um, which is nice because then you know your audience doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, are, are, do I, am I going to be too close to somebody else? Do I, how do I distance? Um, I played a birthday party for somebody outdoors, which was really cool and they had a lot of their friends come, but they all were like really, really distant. They were, you know, they set up lawn chairs and wore masks the whole time and it was so awesome. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, but the, but the other, the flip side to it being that a lot of these were private events. So, you know, there was there, I had a concern about, gee, you know, accessibility for people who really need live music, but can't just afford to hire out a band for a private event. Um, that's rough for them. Sorry, that was a little bit of a long-winded answer. Oh, no, I'll, I'm hoping, I'll appreciate it. Yeah, um, but I am looking forward to, you know, post-pandemic, uh, being able to do more, being able to do gigs that are a little more um, accessible, I think, for the, the greater public. Mm. Like, certainly for me, I can't afford to hire out a giant uh, a, a band right now just to play on my front lawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so uh, in that same spirit, um, for the uh, more accessible kind of uh, live concerts, um, so as like I mentioned sort of earlier in like the top of the sort of podcast where I haven't been to a lot of concerts, I've been to obviously the Flowbots concerts and a handful of other concerts whenever they were like kind of like a free offering kind of one or um, just like um, orchestral kind of a setting for music. But uh, when it comes to like live musical performances for like a um, audience member sort of side of things, um, what are like some of the things that um, I guess the do's and don'ts for um, anyone who's interested in um, doing or watching any live musical performances? Um, what are the things that they kind of have to look out for and like prepare for? Oh, I feel, I feel like so much of this is like, 
venue dictated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the do's and don'ts at an orchestral concert are going to feel a little different than the do's and don'ts at a concert and like a dive bar. Um, but I feel like, I feel like there are some things that are like across the board, definitely always true, you know, like do, um, do like show up like ready for like a really fun time and like, you know, do show up with, um, you know, with the intention to be safe and have fun and like, you know, and do so safely. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'll admit I haven't been to a lot of concerts where like mosh pits happen, but I, I hear stories. <laughs> um, and, um, generally speaking, like at Flowbot shows, uh, I'm always really impressed with how respectful our audiences are and how, um, not just respectful to us, but respectful for, to each other. There are a few times when, you know, someone might have had, like, we, we might be playing in a place that sells alcohol, like a bar, and someone might have had a little too much to drink and might um, might just not be super aware of their space um, or, you know, might get into someone else's space or agitate something. And sometimes you see that on stage and sometimes you see that as an audience member. Um, I always feel like we kind of owe it to each other when we're in a space um, to make sure everybody's safe. So, like, if you are able and if you're, um, you know, if, if if it's not, you know, at, a, at any sort of physical barrier to you um, or, or otherwise, otherwise barrier, I guess, um, and you see something kind of happening that feels a little suspect or feels unsafe, you know, being able to try to intervene in, like, the, you know, in a gentle way, um, we've, de- like... I've definitely broken up fights at concerts before. Um, and I feel like that's like, you know, that's a useful thing. That's sort of like, you know, our personal responsibility as audience members to make sure that everyone's safe. So, um, yeah. And like, you know, I guess there's, I feel like it's like an obvious, like don't start fights, but it happens. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like, you know, I feel like there are a lot of do's and don'ts that are outdated too. Like, uh, there's sort of a classical idea of like, for example, don't clap in between movements if you go to see a symphony and, you know, a symphony might have four movements, but, um, but that I, you know, I guess that's sort of an old school way of thinking. I actually think it's fine. I mean, you know, there, those things are like, those are so minor. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can, if I can kind of go off on a small tangent, one of the concerts that, yeah. So one of the concerts I most like cherish playing in my entire life when I was, um, in my undergrad, I was really lucky and I had the opportunity to play two Final Fantasy concerts, the Distant Worlds um, concerts, and, and one of them, Nobuo Uematsu, was actually at. And it was just like the coolest experience. But for me, what was so revolutionary and groundbreaking about it um, was that, you know, you, these concerts, these classical concerts, these orchestral concerts have such a rigid atmosphere. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of the culture. Um, but I think what was really exciting to me was having people who were literally cheering in the middle of an orchestral piece, you know, that were that excited and that animated, um, which you just never see. You know, if you go to see a concert, an orchestral concert, that doesn't happen a whole lot. But during this, it it was people were in cosplay, people were like clapping and cheering and it wasn't unwanted by the orchestra. I mean, it was like very appropriate and felt really, really cool and, and very like rock star in a way. Mm. So that's something I would love to see more of that, um, in the classical world. Uh, but that's sort of a slow going change. Mm. I'm glad that you mentioned that because, uh, I guess speaking of just like 
orchestral kind of concerts. Um, one that I've been to that I think will be like the memory that will like stick with me the longest for just anything in general. Um, this will be my little tangent. Um, so there was the uh, near orchestral concert that happened in Chicago, I think like a little over a year or so now ago. Um, and I was like, oh no, because like I was kind of kicking myself because like I wasn't aware of like I need to pay attention to venues and see when like things are happening and moving and shaking in Chicago. And you had so, FOMO. Um, you had yeah, the no, FOMO. I had the FOMO. And now I started my own FOMO here where I talk about FOMO. <laughs> so, um, like, I was kind of just like, I had a whole day at work where I was like, I'm just going to listen to the music. I'm like checking Twitter and seeing, like, oh, Yoko Taro, the director for the game, is like chilling in Chicago at like a business building that's like a couple blocks away from where um, I was back in the before times. And like, I made like right. some, like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was kind of mind blowing that. Um, so, like, I made some, like, offhanded, like, tweet, like, well, I had a good day about this, so, yeah, I really loved Nier's music and stuff in the game and all that, and, like, a fan, like, hit me up on Twitter and, like, DM me, it's like, hey, so I bought tickets for this concert, I won't be able to go, but you can go if you want, this isn't on a scam, this isn't fishing or anything, here's the master, like, uh, tickets and all that, I'm like, oh, cool, bet, and it's like, you can maybe still make it, it starts in, like, two hours, I'm like, alright, I'm getting a, um, ticket i'm going off into like the bus and everything like that and like i can see like the whole fans like it was kind of like drizzling a little bit but we were all like single file line like penguins getting to like the venue there's a whole bunch of people in cosplay it was amazing i made sure to like for the venue whole thing i'm like i'm gonna not bring my camera because i'm not gonna try to have that be confiscated and just you know have a genuine human experience at this concert i guess so it was really fun um the uh orchestral um leader uh keiichi okabe was also there they got to do a meetup and stuff with fans and all that so yeah i can really attest to like uh even when it comes to, like things that feel like they're like the more prim and proper kind of like indoor kind of like live musical events like the fans can be really uh heartwarming and um just yeah it's music's really great you know yeah, I love that. And I mean, like, talk about, you know, a really cool, like, that That was super cool of that person to, to hit you up about that. I, you know, I, I feel like there's a way that, that it brings us together, like, even even outside of the concert, like, that, that people are like, no, I, I want someone to go in my place. I don't want anyone to miss this. So, like, to, to hit you up and be like, yeah, here are my tickets. Like, you should go. That's super, super awesome. Um, yeah, I, it's great to see the way it brings people together. Yeah. And so I know um, I wanted to kind of do like, a, and wrapping up now here, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know I wanted to kind of borrow this concept that I uh, got from this group called Cultaholic. They usually do like wrestling coverage and that way I can like, I don't know, keep my FOMO podcast a little bit referential with like crossover kind of concepts and stuff. So they do this thing called Straight to Hell where they uh, ask the person on the show to like come up with like four or five things that they uh, just don't like about an experience or like things that they really like about experience. So like, does this go straight to hell? Or does this not go straight to hell? Kind of a thing. Since I'm kind of really newbie about musical live performances things, I'm going to just leave it up to you to name five things that you really, really love about musical performances. Second stay that we're here to stay. They're not outdated. And five things that you think they, they can go to hell. They're just kind of awful. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll get the bad stuff out of the way first. Mm -hmm. Um, so five things that can go, is that okay if I go that, that route first? Okay. Um, the first thing is, and this is more like the, not actual active performing, but just sort of the, the structural, I am so tired of going on stage with an instrument in my hands and being asked if I'm just like someone in the band's girlfriend and not, 
not actually a player in the band. Um, this this is just something that happens. Like it doesn't. It's not often, but you know, you'll get like, or a bouncer will be like, like, oh, no girlfriends backstage, or you know, no whatever. And it's sort of like I'm literally holding a violin. I I belong here. I came in with the band. I sound checked. Like, what else do you need? Um, it doesn't happen too often, but occasionally. And that is like, oh, it's so tired. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, I would love to, th- I mean, this is sort of, uh, you know, I want this double-edged sword. I want musicians to be compensated fairly. I want, um, I want, uh, you know, I do want that. I want everyone involved in putting together a concert to have, um, you know, fair wage. But I also wish that they were a little more accessible. Um, you know, this is, not so much in the concerts I play. I feel like, generally speaking, we do a pretty good job of keeping ticket prices, if at all, fairly low and, you know, being able to try to get people in when possible. But some of the bigger, like, arena tours, you see some of the, the like, scalped prices. I guess this is not always just, like, this is sometimes a scalping issue, but that is something that really needs to go. It just, like, it makes me so sad and it gatekeeps a lot of people out of being able to see live music. Um... Oh my god! I have to think of five things. No, no, think wow. of how many I, things I just, you want. That was just like a, here, a benchmark I'll, for like the absolute most I'd <laughs> ask of you. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm like I have to think. Of, it's so hard because I really do love live music so much, and I love live performance. Um, uh, I okay, I'll I'll keep it three. Um, try to keep it positive. All right, my last negative thing is uh, <sighs> um, can I think of a negative thing? I guess I guess this is sort of like. I just wish sometimes there there are there are times at shows where um, you can see like something happening either in the audience and I mentioned this earlier like you know like a fight breaks out or someone um, is is getting a little too handsy or whatever and I wish that never happened at concerts because concerts or like any actually you know this is kind of relevant like any acts of violence that happen at concerts we've seen definitely you know a real issue over the last. Um, few years with like gun violence at concerts for example like um uh, the what was the mandalay bay in mm-hmm. um las las vegas i think and then the, the there was the one in france that this was almost a decade ago um the the maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong about that maybe it was, maybe it was less but um but anyways that concerts should always primarily be like a really safe and really secure place um and that i just want that you know, or, or actually, yeah, the really big one, the Ariana Grande concert, um, comes to mind too, um, in 2017, but anyways, the, um, the bombing, but, uh, yeah, I guess there's a little bit of a ramble, but just that I feel like concerts should always be fundamentally a really safe place for, um, anybody, and, and I guess this doesn't, this extends beyond, you know, actual literal violence and can be anything that's, like, just makes someone feel unsafe or really uncomfortable. I, I just wish that that was that I that everyone always felt the safety that I wish for them, you know, at concerts. Um, yeah, but but good things, good things. I'll move on to the good. Hmm. Um, I love, 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 love how many people I've met who um, now are like, you know, they maybe went into a concert and didn't know somebody. And I've had this too, where I and I met someone at a concert and now we're friends. Like, look at us, like, we're here talking. This is so cool. Um, so that's really cool to me, having uh, like creating friendships and relationships and and you know you know lasting companionship through music is really really special and bonding through that. Um, 
I love uh, I love the festival world. Um, it's such a different experience than uh, than a traditional concert because it is sort of more like a tasting. It's like a flight. It's like a tapas for music. Um, those shorter sets are just awesome. I feel like you can like put so much like pack so much punch into a really short set. And then you're like able to just see so many other incredible artists, and uh, there are definitely elements of festivals that, like you know, you always wish the set was longer or whatever. But it is really cool to get all of that condensed. And then I guess my third thing, um, thing I love about about live performance. I mean, this is this is like like I don't know. This is like the pure like ego part of it, I guess. But I just I really love like. Like, being able to, for me as a performer, like, express myself on stage and, and feel, like, in the ways that I feel like I'm very, very awkward as a real, as a real person, <laughs> um, uh, I guess I am still a real person on stage, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of that dissolves on stage, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, the most pure expression of myself and of my music in a lot of ways, um, and that is really special and very, um, validating to me to have that as a performer and as I as I hope that for audience members like I similarly feel really lost in the music when I'm an audience member and I feel like a lot of the the complications of the outside world completely dissolve and that is so awesome that should always be the feeling at all concerts I just love that all right I agree with everything across the board there so uh, this will be the part of the show where I open it up to you. Um, are there any projects that you're currently working on? Any uh, other performances that uh, is sort of down on the pipeline for you down the road uh, that you want to share with the good people on the interwebs or where they can sort of reach out to you and get in touch with you and talk more about the love of music? Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have been, I, you know, it's funny, like everyone's been talking about all the sort of work they've been creative work they've been doing during quarantine um so i feel like i'm actually hitting a point where it's like yeah actually some of that's getting released um stuff i'm working on now uh the flowbots are in the process of about they're about to release a, a handful of new songs actually a lot of them i uh i did not work on and i haven't heard yet um i know there's there's one coming out um uh in the coming months i don't have an exact date but i that i did co-write on and, and record on which i'm really excited about um, we have a show, this is pretty cool, coming up at Levitt Pavilion in Denver, um, and it's, they're calling, I think they're calling the series Call It a Comeback, so Levitt is doing it for free, it's a completely free show for the audience, they are paying us, which is awesome, and they're encouraging um, people to donate to um, to their fund um, to so that they can continue to have performances and continue to um, have these like you know great resources for the community and for artists alike which is really great um, and <laughs> on like a self-indulgent note I have started a TikTok um, I feel a little like a little old I I'm for like I'm 27 so you know I'm not exactly Gen Z but um, but I have been really enjoying it I've been I've been so wowed by how many incredible musicians are on there and what like a, a cool place that is to share musical ideas during a time when we can't all be together. So um, I'm Violin Fairy on TikTok if anybody is interested. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's sort of what's going on. Alrighty. Well, as someone who's also been friendship bullied into sort of getting into TikTok and trying to be hip with the rest of the, the kiddos, um, I do appreciate uh, your work and I um, 
yeah, I hope people will also appreciate it as well. I'd say that has Thank been a you. podcast. Is there anything else that you want to mention just about live music or anything like that to close out the show? Ooh, yeah. I'll make this quick because um, I know I've been kind of long-winded. But um, one of the reasons I really thought this would be a good topic was, you know, with the name Fear of Missing Out, FOMO, um, I have such bad concert FOMO all the time. And this was like a, a big thing for me pre-pandemic. Um, and, uh, and I think that we all probably can like relate that we're never gonna we're never gonna take for granted or hopefully we won't um take for granted being able to have these big communal sort of experiences experiencing art together you know whether that's in a movie theater seeing like you know opening weekend seeing some big blockbuster or if that's at a concert you know seeing this incredible artist coming through your town um and just like i hope that um when possible that to encourage people to you know go and do that experience you will rarely regret it um it's generally speaking i have i don't think i've ever gone to a concert um you know when i've really felt that fomo that i've been like well i'm sorry i saw any live art like there have definitely mm-hmm. been ones where i'm like it wasn't wasn't what i wanted you know it wasn't quite as good but like generally speaking i i rarely regret like experiencing art um and so i yeah i'm wishing everybody you know, don't miss out when when you can, when you have the means, and when you can go, and it's safe to do so. You know, um, go and go and experience it. It's so worth it. It makes you feel so good. You might make a friend. Um, you might find yourself on stage. Who knows? So yeah. All right, that was very eloquently put, and I'd say that has been it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye bye. Bye.